0: Welcome to Been Worthy the Podcast, a special conversation series that provides a safe space for women of color to share their worthy aha moment. I'm your host, Dominique Clark. And sis, I'm here to remind you that you've been worthy. Okay, so if you don't know by now, I get super excited about everybody and this person is no different. She is an amazing combination of beauty and brains. This episode I have evangeline d b hudson affectionately known as dr eve she's a native of charlotte north carolina shout out to the queen city and her first generation college graduate who earned her phd at the age of 28 y'all after years of service in post-secondary education she decided to switch gears and started her social entrepreneurial journey Learn more about this Ben Worthy beauty and her Worthy aha moment now. Ladies, I am so excited about today's guest on the podcast. You already heard how dope she was, you know, in the intro or how dope she is in the intro. I want to welcome Dr. Eve Hudson to Ben Worthy, the podcast. We've heard all the fancy stuff, right? But tell us who Dr. Eve is personally. Who are you when you are away from your desk?
1: (laughs) Well, first and foremost, for gassing me up, thank you. Um, I definitely appreciate the love, Queen, I really do. And I'm so excited to be here and excited about the work that you're doing to definitely uplift us. So kudos to you because it's so necessary, right? We can never have enough of these conversations. But um, as you said already, you know, Native of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I know you know that 704, (laughs) I love it (laughs) because (laughs) it's what made me um, graduate from the HBCU as well, went to Charlotte University. I went to Mississippi for a few years, so I would I'm somebody who likes to move. Um, I don't like sitting still, and when I have to sit still, I get bored real easy. And so for me, even in my profession, thinking about who I am as a person, who I would marry, I knew that it was important for me to be someone who could always have options. That's the other thing I'd say. So I'm a very um, free spirit, as some would say, but you know, the best friend, try to be the most loving wife um just somebody who's you know full of life and joy and i love to eat (laughs) and i definitely say that yes um food is good so i've been anywhere my reason for traveling is to go to try the food because food is culture um yeah but i'm just i'm just eve at the end of the day um somebody who loves people and loves helping others and just wants to do what i can to make a difference in the world so
0: yeah but that's my short spiel i love it i love it So take me back to when you were a little girl with big dreams and hopes and all of that stuff. Who did you want to become? Who did you say you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh
1: Oprah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I want to be Oprah because I like the TV show and I didn't realize how drawn I was to conversations about life and personal development and spirituality And I said Oprah, but when they asked you if you want to be a doctor, teacher, lawyer, I wanted to be a teacher. But what I learned over the years is so many ways to teach. So thinking I had to go the traditional routes to teach um, was like blown up, you know, when I got my degrees because I was like, I can do anything I want to do. I could always create my own. So but it was Oprah and I just never knew why. But
0: She she bad. So you wanted to be Oprah. Who are you today? Who did you become? I'm Eve. I'm Dr.
1: Eve. Um, I am my version of myself. You know, I'm me. I stopped trying so much to try to be like others and to aspire to live their lives. And I really learned even in like recent years to just be who I am, because who I am was enough. And that's something I try to get women, especially black women and young women to understand. Like, I don't have to be Oprah to be impactful or to be somebody who influences, I just be me because I know that at the end of the day, I'm still changing the world in my own special way. And so I'm good with being just Eve. Um, And if that's some days I'm just damn Eve, or some days I'm Eve, you know, it's, I I go through all of my, my cycles, but I'm finally okay with not having to be anything other than who I am and who God intended for me to be.
0: Ooh, that was a mouthful and a sermon past the collection plate. I love that. And I wish more women, especially this younger generation, I wish they could embrace that because it's so true. You know, we don't have to, who God intended for us to be is not outside of who we are. You know, we don't have to reach outside of ourselves. It intuitively dwells within if we just allow ourselves to be exactly who he is, who it is that he created us to be and embrace that and live in that, own that. And so I love that that's what you chose to do um, in your journey. And so your first gen grad, right? Yep, that's right. To be a first in anything, like you have to be ambitious to be the first at anything, right? But Mm -hmm. as women, there is often a negative connotation around our ambition, right? We have goals, but not too much, (laughs) you know, strive, but kind of keep it in the middle somewhere. Don't try to outdo or outshine or, or do too much. You know, I feel like, you know, They want to keep us with a lid, you know, from being able to really exercise and really take advantage and explore all the gifts and passion and purpose God has given us. But you decided to do that. You decided to lead with your ambition and do something that you didn't see done before. Did you experience any external resistance as you were striving to reach your goals from, you know, other people who maybe thought, oh, you're doing too much. You don't need to do this.
1: I want to say a few times, uh, especially when I was in grad school, I attribute some of that to race and gender. Um, And then when I became a professional, some of it had to do with gender and age. mm -hmm. And so, you know, to say race and gender, um, that's not what a woman does. A woman is to be delicate. Right. She's supposed to be sensitive and nurturing. And to say something like, I don't want kids. What you mean? You don't want kids. Everybody's supposed to want kids. But I'm like, I'm career driven. And it took me again, being okay with being who I am because I was raised in a way that I was never looked at. In my opinion, as a little girl, I was looked at as a person, as a human being with goals and dreams. And if it was for me to go forward, my family fortunately never kept me from being anything less, or I mean, from being anything like that I didn't want to like, oh, you should wear dresses. You want sneakers, we'll get you sneakers. You know, you want jeans, we'll get you jeans. You know, if you want to climb the tree, just be careful, don't fall. Because I think identity is shaped by experiences Mm -hmm. and we try so hard to make women one thing or another, but we're everything. I mean, we are the creators of life. And so we are both masculine and we're both feminine. You know, we're both sensitive, but we're also stern. And I think that if people can accept that it's not just because you are gendered male or gendered white or because you're 50 years older than me, (laughs) you know, like, hey, that 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 it means you mean more. You may have lived more, but wisdom that necessarily mean that, you know, well, age doesn't always come with wisdom or wisdom always come with age. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got some some old fools. That's what I'm trying to get to. Right. Um, so for me, just in my in grad school and I said, because it's when I started navigating my career professionally and, you know, figuring out where I wanted to go and not seeing many black women in positions of power. Yeah. So to see that, and then to work at a predominantly white, not predominantly white, predominantly black school at one point, and to be limited to the fact that I was young and then a woman. And I was just kind of like, since y'all don't want me to sit at y'all table, yeah. I'm gonna go build my own and get out my own chairs and yeah. my own building. And then we gonna see how this works. So yeah. I like it better this way.
0: I love it here. Thank you <laughs>
1: for doing yeah, that. Yeah. I
0: love that. I love that. So, you know, the Been Worthy podcast is all about creating a safe space for women of color to share their worthy aha moment. And Mm -hmm. so I want you to share that with us. What was your worthy aha moment, that moment when it hit for you that not only were you worthy of all the things that love and life had to offer, but you've been worthy and you started acting accordingly?
1: Oh, you're going to go there. Yeah, i <laughs> um, ready to go there. <laughs> I, just feel like, I feel like I've had so many of them, honestly, that come in different ways. You know, and I think that the universe speaks to us. Right. Like I think one of the moments for me was when I was in therapy back when I was in my last job and my therapist had asked me this was actually um, ironically an Indian woman who was she was dope amazing you know she she would check me like a sister okay. and she said to me one day she was like do you have more security at your job or would you have more security working for yourself now mind you I wasn't even thinking about being an entrepreneur a few years ago a few years ago but more than a few years ago now but I only really on my mind didn't know what it was but I was like well I have more security working for somebody else because you know they got the money and blah 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 she said yeah but can a company close at any time and I was like, mm-hmm. she's like, and can they de- determine that they're going to cut your salary and you have no control? I said, yeah. She was like, now question, can you ever fire yourself? And I was like, Damn. <laughs> that's good. That's something to think about. Yeah. And so I was like, I have more job security working for myself. Now, granted, we didn't talk about things like marketing and, and advertising and branding and stuff like that but it was something about this idea of I could really lead my own life that I didn't have to be controlled by a a organization um, that I could just really do this. That gave me the confidence to say, let me figure this thing out probably. So about a month and a half later, I transitioned out, but my whole idea of transitioning out was to take a year off to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And three months later, I had started my business and at the point it wasn't even just a business. It was a, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. And then over the years I have evolved to where I am now, but I'm saying it to say it wasn't until I realized people could still control me mm. and they had more power over me till she gave me those options. I was like, I, I guess I can do this. Cause I'm not going to do myself bad. I'm not going to treat myself horribly. And it was stepping into entrepreneurship that I think has been one of the most defining Um, moments of worthiness in my life because I get to show up one is who I am get to work with who I want to work with but also get to create spaces that otherwise have not existed so that's been powerful for me and I became a better wife yes (laughs) I became a better wife I wouldn't come home every day crying and mad because like work was taking peace yep and cooking dinner sometimes and we ready to go on a trip let me change my schedule let's ride so it's just
0: it's powerful so You talked about stepping into entrepreneurship and that kind of being a defining moment for you. That was certainly a defining moment for me. So I was a first gen in terms of on my mother's side um, of the family going to college. And so I told my mom at the age of six I was going to be a doctor. I wanted to be a pediatrician. At the age of six, she put that on the refrigerator, put a magnet on it and never let me lose sight of it. Right. And so everything that I did academically, um, she supported me and made sure that I was positioned to be a, a great medical professional. Right. So I went to a high school that had a medical program. So while I'm in, you know, um, biology, but not even just biology, AP courses. You know, everyone else is taking other stuff on the other side of the high school. Um, I'm interning at Duke in Carolina. I went to college and studied biology. I was pre-med in college, got a degree in biology, just knew I was going to be a doctor. But while I was in college, something happened, right? There was a shift that um, I realized this wasn't the way that I was supposed to impact the quality of people's lives. Medicine wasn't the only way to do that. And, um, but I didn't have a plan B so you can imagine how nervous I was approaching my mom with the conversation as me supposedly to be the first doctor in our family. Right. It wasn't a small task. No. Um, I nervously went to my mom to tell her that I, that was no longer my plan. Right. I felt pressure, the entire journey because I was the first and, you know, you want to make your parents proud. So you want to, you know, go forward with the thing that's going to make you excel, but also make your family really proud of what you've done. And so what kind of pressure did you experience as a first gen? And did you feel pressure? I felt more pressure from myself
1: mm. than everybody else because I knew what I was doing was different, but I didn't understand the magnitude of how different it was. Yeah. I didn't understand me being the first person to literally leave home, to move away from my family, to leave from Raleigh and go to Mississippi, to be gone down there for six and a half years, then to come back. I hadn't been back home. I haven't I haven't moved back home. I was on a very untraditional path, not the one where I graduated went to work, you know, take care of my mom kind of thing, because that can come up sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Taking care of family is first gens. Um, But I think the pressure came from me wanting to do well and to be successful and to not be a failure. Because I used to feel like if I moved back to Charlotte, people would say, oh, she didn't make it because she came back. So for me, making it was about being gone and not coming back. So even when I wanted to come back, <laughs> it was like I couldn't come back because opportunities wouldn't weren't there. And then you know now I have a partner, and being with him, we have to think about what our lives look like. Right. But I would say the pressure for me was, you know, but what if I fail? But of course, you know, I said, like, but what if you fly right? Um, the pressure from can I pay my bills? The pressure from is grad school a good decision or not? Because who am I? Um, and there was one point where I was asked by some family to not move to Mississippi. Um, continue on the fact that my mother had gotten sick and my mom told me she said baby listen I have lived my life you have got to live yours and the last thing I want is for you to resent me because you stayed home to take care of me when my life is my decisions so you go and you go live and if you choose to come back home you'll always have a home here you always have a place but I want you to go do your thing now of course I want you here but that would be selfish of me. So my family, you know, overall was never, even my grandmother, she was baby gone, gone. We didn't live, gone, you live. So that's really helped to like load for me. But I would think in professional spaces, I felt a lot of pressure. Um, Being the first to have a career, being the first to, you know, being this nine to five, this not blue collar space, but this space where we are professionals and we do research and, you know, you groom your hair this way and have your earrings this way and, you know, don't have tattoos here. How the hell can I breathe? So it was pressure about who, who do you be in these spaces and you have people to tell you to conform and to be what they need you to be. But my like my family, you want blue hair, have blue hair. You want purple hair? Go do it. You know, you want to wear platform shoes, wear them, you know, be who you are. Do that. So growing up, I was taught to be free Mm -hmm. and then moving into these educated, more professional spaces. I was taught to be something different and the two weren't aligning. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, the pressure is about doing well in my life. As it looks, you know, for society, being a woman, how you wear your hair, how you wear your dresses, put your pantyhose on. Right. Versus my family never made me feel pressured because they knew that even me going to college alone was more than enough because nobody else had ever done that.
0: Yeah. I. Lo- how beautiful Thank you. is that? And to have that support and feel safe. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that makes the difference in someone being able to really go out there and excel and explore all the possibilities versus the one who doesn't?
1: Absolutely. Um, The freedom to be, it's about freedom. And somebody like me, I value, freedom is my number one value. Freedom to live my life the way I wanna live it, with who I wanna live, how I wanna live, all of that. But I think when we have that freedom, we can get to choose and we have power when we choose. We feel empowered by our choices. So for me to feel like, oh, you need to stay here to take care of grandma because grandma's sick, or you know, auntie's this and that, versus having a family that's like we lived, we'll be fine. Somebody got to make it. Yeah. Um, I created my family, you know, for that. But even thinking about this idea that families don't always realize if somebody can't go off and do well and become better, how are they going to be any good for the family? We all can't be sitting around here looking at each other crazy. Come on. And so for me um me getting out me leaving has changed the dynamic in some ways right I can talk to my nieces and nephews about going to college I had a cousin actually several cousins after me who went to college now it went being from me being the only one to at least four of us in the family having degrees why did y'all go and then y'all went to HBCU oh because you went to college you know so we realized we can go to college whoa and then everybody got scholarships <laughs> you know so It's very impactful to not even say I did that because I didn't even realize I was doing anything. But when you have younger siblings in your family who look up to you, and I got a cousin now who bought a four bedroom house about four or five years younger than me, got married, got properties, you know, across the country, college educated, got a master's degree. Whoa, we came from the same spot. So I think it's, you know, if the family didn't let us be who we are, if they didn't, you know, let their selfish ways go. How could we have changed the generational curses? How could we have done something different? So families, if you can help it, yes. let us go. Yeah. Because if we want to be home, we'll always find our way back, but we can come back better and have more to offer. So that's my thing.
0: I love that. And you are responsible for the shift, right? Yeah. You have, like you said, shifted the academic legacies for so many in your family even beyond your family, the work that you're doing in your community and all Thank of that stuff. Know. Thank you. You are blazing trails, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. All right. Talk about it. <laughs> and so I'm sure you've also inspired those around you to do the same. And they're probably just naturally doing it by living in, like you said, being free and, and mm-hmm. being who they are.
1: Right. What's
0: your definition of a trailblazer?
1: Ooh, I mean, to me, it's straightforward. Go and nobody's gone. You know, Emerson said it in Blazer Trail, daring to be different, to be bold, to be courageous, to be afraid, but still to show up and just do it. Um, to leave a mark, you know, to make sure that your legacy exists. So when I think about trailblazers and even, like I said, having a program now, my thing is how do you want to be remembered and how are you going to like bust down the doors and open, you know, let people know I was here. And for me, that's what it means to blaze a trail, because a lot of first gens are the first in our fields um, in our industries, you know, for to do things, period. A lot of us are first to be black and to be women and to be all kinds of things. So
0: show up and create space for the people who are going to follow. That's what it's about. So when you started and even when you were in the midst of your academic career, um, I'm sure it wasn't meant without challenge. Right. You know, <sighs> doing the first of anything, like I said, or, you know, being a first-generation college student, it's not easy, you know? There are things that you didn't know that you had to learn. So what conversations were you having with yourself to power through the challenges that you were experiencing? Uh, I
1: don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. What am I supposed to do? So I was talking to my mentors. I spent a lot of time, you know, with my mentors talking through life and letting them teach me now being someone who was raised in my grandparents house for some part of my life i was used to like you know being an old soul so i would like to go sit with the more seasoned folks and just talk with them Uh folks my age were great but they weren't on the level i felt like i was on sometimes so i would go sit with my mentors who were late 30s 40s 50s right and just talk to them about life and just let them share their wisdom and then that what you're doing after college, Eve? Yeah. I don't know. What should I do? <laughs> you know, I'm glad. I mean, I thought I was doing my thing. Thought about grad school. What the hell is grad school? What you mean grad school? There's more than this to do. Well, wait a minute. Because for me, doctor, I thought about d- being a doctor at one point got the chemistry biology and realized this ain't for me. <laughs> so what else we going to do this? So it's like, I mean, I just never, I never really knew, but I always knew that I needed to use my voice to make an impact. Yeah. Um, I did a radio interview once when I was in high school and just fell in love with it because I was talking to thousands and thousands of people just on behind this one mic. And that pushed me to do radio. But other than that, I felt like I was a lost soul for a lot of, for a lot of my life um, in terms of what I was gonna do with my career, how I was gonna make it, what did I dream of with houses and all this stuff it wasn't, you know, something for me to really dream of, but I knew Oprah and Oprah talked to people and I used to love to entertain and talk to people, but I didn't understand even Oprah's success. She was just a lady on the TV. And then I learned that Oprah was mass com, So I was like, oh, perfect. (laughs) I need to do that. (laughs) So, um, but I guess kind of hindsight, you know, I think the best thing people can do is to one, explore their selves, their interests, their curiosities, and talk to people who are in spaces where they may even think they want to be, because what that does is open you up to what the possibilities are and just take chances. So if I hadn't taken a chance to take one job that led to another thing that led to another thing, kind of like the the example people give, it's like going to a buffet. I've had to try a little bit of everything, and then I'm like, that spring roll was busting. Oh, I think I like that sushi a lot. Yeah. And then you just start putting more of those things on your plate. And for me, that ended up being I needed to step out of higher education. Right. But I knew education and people and mentorship was a really large part of who I was supposed to be. Um, but again, shaping what that looks like. But it took me talking to other people. And eventually I started talking to myself. Yeah. And then that self-talk became. Girl, you got this. Or you are just gonna do this. So who this is crazy, but try it anyway. And yeah. that's where I am now.
0: Okay, so let's stay on talking to yourself. I want you to talk to yourself right now from your future self. What do you have to look forward to?
1: Ooh, I'm loving this. I'm loving <laughs> it, right? I'm gonna have to go ahead and just you just enroll in your program with these coaches <laughs> questions. Um gosh, because I've been thinking about that a lot more lately, right? Yes. And so I think what I would say right now is. Dang, you did that, you know, yes. take you out. Um, you got millions, you know, in the bank personally. you got all these people employed for you right now. You got all these endowed scholarships happening, sending these students to school. Your family's taken care of. You don't have debt. You're in your dream home. Your family is healthy. You are healthy. This is what you live for. This is what the all the work is for. The tears are for. The uncertainty is for It doesn't matter that you are a black woman, that you were a black woman. It just matters that you just kept showing up and you kept believing. So I'm extremely proud of you for who you've become, for what you've become and for the fact that you never gave up on yourself because you believed in something, even when other people couldn't see the vision Um, and that you were willing to go in spaces that weren't already established knowing that there was no blueprint and as crazy as it seemed to talk about what is a first gen now the world knows because you ever lived and so job well done and just keep doing what you can do you know and doing it across the world because you love traveling so keep doing (laughs) it
0: I think that's why I would start like yeah I love that look you were ready to go you had this like you said you've already been having this conversation this <laughs> week this week I love, this week, I love this,
1: it this week last week and yeah so for those of you listen she didn't give me these questions we just really having a heart to heart which that's I can appreciate because I just I think about so much like why am I doing this in the first place it's bigger than me I know that but then sometimes the fear sits in of who really believes in this but I'm like Well, how can people believe it if you don't tell them about it? If you don't show up, you know, and continue to see like, you've got, it's so much bigger than you. And now that I'm not afraid of thinking of possibly reaching millions, like I used to be scared, oh, just a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand. But now I'm like, that ain't enough, it ain't enough. It's not enough to dream small, big. If you're gonna dream big, dream big. And it scared me, how do I handle this? How does a company handle this? How do people handle this? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Yeah. And so when I talk about being a millionaire just last week, these things came to me, right? In in a different way. I can't be so accessible. Yeah. People who make millions don't have time to be talking just on the phone just randomly. These need to be executed moves and thoughtful or, you know, trying to recruit people one-on-one to to programs. People who make millions ain't got time for that. You're going to come to this webinar. (laughs) If you're interested, come to this event. So just thinking bigger and not being afraid of that because, I am worthy. And it's taken a lot of therapy and a lot of self-actualization to say, if you don't show up, you won't know. And if you keep being scared, you're not going to get to where you have to go, where you think you can go. I'm convinced I will be a multi in this life. And Thank to get you. there. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Amen. So I just got to show up and not be afraid to serve multiple thousands of people, millions of people. I can't be afraid of the criticism and stuff because who's for me, who's for me? Cause it's always gonna be somebody against me anyway, but That's hello. Right.
0: That's right. Okay, so listen, I like to end each episode with this kind of like rapid fire game. So I am gonna say a word and I want you to quickly tell me in like five seconds or less, the first word that comes to your mind when you hear this, okay?
1: This just the first word.
0: Just the first word. So I just want okay. one word responses, okay? <laughs> okay. Self-love. Say it again for me self love, me, happiness, husband, fear, damn it, first gen, success, women,
1: powerful, black, beautiful, worthy,
0: all the time yes you did great yeah, at all. we're gonna type <laughs> it all the time <laughs> yes I love that well before before we end in this episode I know you have some amazing offerings that you provide your community so tell me about the EW Trailblazer Society and the First Gen Lounge podcast Well, Thank you for that. Um, So both
1: are the first of its kind because I'm really set on blazing trails. So the EW Trailblazer Society is for first generation college graduates who are interested in starting and growing their business, as well as finding a community where they can develop personally. Um, I did this again, just thinking about my own journey and wanting to create a a safe space a a community of like minded individuals and what keeps us in common being first gen. So um, there is no other at this moment. So glad to be doing that as well as tuning into my podcast, which is the first gen lounge, everything first gen out here. (laughs) Um, And it's just about telling the stories of those who are first generation college graduates and how they are navigating life after college. Just how are they being successful? How are they growing? And again, just about creating community And mentors and peer mentors and friends around being first gen and I have a lot of minorities who are part of this and so definitely being black and first gen, I'm just going to put it out there um, is the first podcast to even highlight the experiences of first gen so I'm excited to blaze trails and I invite others to come and blaze these trails with
0: me. Well listen, you all heard it right here, you see for yourself how dope Dr. Eve is thank you so much for your service, for your your uh, Courageousness and being able to stand in your power and empower others to do the same and not be afraid to embark on something new, even if they haven't seen it before. I love what you're doing for college students and in the academic space and beyond. So keep it up. We'll definitely be continuing um, to support you and everything that you have going on. And I'll provide links for everyone to connect with you, listen to the podcast, and maybe even be a part of the society if it's aligned. So thank you all for listening to another dope episode of Been Worthy, the podcast. Until next time, I'll hear you then.